Okay, we will move along here this morning. Um, as you know, our, our hearts are toward heaven a lot because one of our dear ones here has transitioned there, Mathis. And uh, um, last Sunday, as those that were here know, our, we... My heart just wasn't in bringing the message that I had prepared, and so Joyce came up and we shared together about heaven and different things, and it went different directions. And we didn't get done with what we were gonna have, and so we were preparing to finish today. And the Lord directed, well, I watched a video that I had shared 16 years ago uh, at, after my dad went to heaven. and. Uh, the more I watched it, I thought, let's let Jesse Duplantis share about heaven with us this morning. And so we're going to do that. Uh, I, was, I had a whole bunch of things earmarked about heaven, about a person who had an experience. But I thought, let's, let's do this. And then what I'm sensing is there's someone here that I think we're going to have I'll interview but we'll wait on the Lord. That'll be right after this. And this is about 50 minutes long. It's not one five, it's five zero. So it's a significant, but if we could get the lights, just get the lights in the back there. We'll watch this. Everybody here okay? Raise your hand if you don't hear, good. I was preaching a revival for Pastor Paul Trocco. A little bit up. Preaching a meeting. Okay. Wonderful church. In fact, I believe, um, who's that brother at Victory Church in Tulsa? What's his name? Billy Joe Doyle's mother goes to this church. It was Monday. Pastor called me, said, hey, I'll pick you up about 12 o'clock and we'll go get some lunch. I said, fine. So he picks me up at the Best Western Hotel, room 105. Normal day. I knew something was up. I could sense it. My spirit didn't quite know what. You know, you get many different close encounters. And, and I'm trying to condense this because it's a long story. He said, Jesse, if you don't mind, he says, a steakhouse right across the street. You want to eat there? And I said, yeah, we'll eat. That'd be fine. So we sit down. We order. I begin to get this compulsion to get back to my room. I mean, I mean, urgent. But I don't want to be rude. So here comes the food. They lay it down. It's steaming, man. The smoke's coming off of it. I look at the pastor and I said, I have to go. And he had a couple of friends, a couple of other ministers with him. He said, something wrong? Do you, are you sick? You feel bad? I said, no. I just, I got to get back to my room. Well, is there something wrong? I said, no, there ain't nothing wrong. There ain't nothing wrong. Paul, I don't know what. I just got this compulsion to get back to my room. I'm sorry. Excuse me. And I left the food on the table. I, he said, well, we'll bring you. I said, no, I'll just walk across the street. Now, here's the food I felt so bad. You know, we're eating lunch. The food's sitting there. I mean, just got on the table 10 seconds. Finally, I couldn't stand it. I said, Paul, excuse me, I'll see you tonight. I've got to get back to my room. Y'all excuse me. I got up and walked across the street. I walked across the street. I opened my door and see a thing. I took my do not disturb, you know, little thing. I put it on there and closed the door. It was one minute to one. 
I looked at the clock, you know, those digital clocks that hotels have. And I knelt down. I, I didn't know what, though. I had no idea what. I said, in this position like this, I don't know if you can see me or not. Just, and I said, Lord, what? what? And I was sucked out of my room. I heard this. And I went, I just, now I don't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. I believe I was in my body. I was sucked through. I, went, I just went through. I just, whoa, I went, whoa. And I realized I was moving at a phenomenal rate of speed. And I'm in this vehicle looking thing. It looked like a ski lift, not that you, it's not a ski lift, a, a cable car. You understand? Not something that you can hang your feet off of, an enclosure. And I'm traveling. And I turned around. And when I looked up, it was that same blonde headed angel that had told me. And I went, hey. And he smiled at me. He said, you have an appointment with the Lord God Jehovah. And I thought, man, am I? Wait. I mean, I mean, we are rolling. It looked like a, in fact, I called it a chariot without any horses. An enclosure looking type thing. I mean, going at a phenomenal rate of speed. And all of a sudden, I felt the thing slow down. And it come to a stop. And ladies and gentlemen, when that door opened, the shock of my life. You see, heaven is wonderful. It's a big place. He hasn't destroyed paradise. It's all around, all completely around that holy city. It looks like a, it's a planet. I walked out and saw mountains and streams and trees and flowers and the fragrances. I looked. And I, didn't, I just was amazed. And I come out. And I went, glory to God. And the, and the angel went, glory to God. And we both start praising, glory to God. You just say, hallelujah. That starts a reaction, boy. <laughs> hallelujah. Just praising God. And I'm looking around. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm walking. I mean, I'm physically walking like I am on this platform beautiful gorgeous trees and streams and water and mountains totally comfortable yet I saw snow yet not cold I, nothing brown nothing it's lush beautiful gorgeous valleys and mountains and streams and I looked at him and I said what am I doing here he said you have an appointment with the great God Jehovah he said, we must go to the city. Now, paradise is very big. It's huge. So we were walking. We started to walk, and I saw trees lined up on the side of River of Life, ladies. I knew it was that, with thousands of people under them. I mean, it just goes forever. It just seemed like forever. And these, how do I say this? These Contraptions were bringing people and these angels were coming out and assigning people. And I noticed that I was in my clothes. I was in the clothes that I had on. But these people that were coming out of these machines looking, I call it a machine looking thing. Some had robes of righteousness, beautiful, glorious. And they got out and ran, just took off running straight to that city, man, in that line. And there's some that got out, they didn't have a robe on. They had like, like a gown on. 
And they would head for that throne. Everybody wants to get to the throne. Everywhere you look, you can see that throne. I mean, it just, it's just everywhere. You can see it. It's high. And I saw them, and all of a sudden, they'd get out of the line, the people with the gowns, and they'd walk over. And they'd go and eat those trees. It, it was eating, looked like fruit. And, and they would take the leaves and do this. And I asked that angel, I said, what is that? I said, those people can't go to the throne of God? He said, yes, the great God Jehovah is merciful. I said, but in my theological mind, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Well, that's true that the minute you walk over to that other side. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, some people don't live for God the way they should. But you see, God's merciful. He still helps them and touches them. But they look different. They got to be taught. If you don't learn it here, you are going to learn it there. Now, I'm telling you. And he was got, and these gowns are beautiful. And when I got back to the earth, I began to research it and I found out that God gives us a robe of righteousness and a gown of salvation. There's a difference. And some people don't live close to God, but yet they know Jesus in their life. They could do so much better. They're going to go to the throne, but it takes time for them. Everybody's trying to get to that throne. And as I was walking, I looked and I saw a man. He went, hey, Jesse. And I knew him immediately. He was thick barrel chested man. I said, you, you Abraham. He said, yes. He said, this is still my bosom. He said, I meet everybody here. So I hadn't got to the gate of the city yet. He said, how you doing? I said, <laughs> I said I'm doing fine. Glory to God. When I said that, he went, glory to God. The angel went, glory to God. It just starts a chain reaction. People start hollering, praising God. And I noticed his size. He looked of great age, yet he was young looking. But yet you could tell he was a patriarch. He looked of great age, yet young looking. And I just looked at it. The first thing I thought of, I'm the seed of Abraham. This is my great 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 grandpa. Wouldn't be for him. I wouldn't be here. You know, it's through Jesus, but I'm the seed of Abraham. And I'm just looking, and the angel said, Come on, you have an appointment. So Abraham's walking with me. He said, Are you thirsty? I said, Yeah. Yeah. And he had a gold goblet in his hand, ladies and gentlemen. He reached down into that river. It, it, it looked like a stream, a very big stream. Not like the Mississippi River, but a stream, but pure and clear. He, thought, he said, drink some water. And I looked at that gold goblet. I went, man, you, I mean, this ain't a plastic cup from Sam's. This is, a, <laughs> this is a golden goblet. It was heavy. And I was getting weak. My knees would buckle. And I don't know what this is till today, but this angel said, eat this fruit so you can withstand the glory of God. It was a copper colored looking fruit. I had a color here, I'd show you what it was. I don't know what kind. I would eat it and I would get strength. But I wanted to talk to Abraham. I just wanted to look at it. And then I noticed all the people around me. And in my theological mind, I thought everybody went to heaven was grown up. But there's children there. There's animals there. I saw horses. I saw dogs. I mean, dude, flowers. We went across this path of, and I didn't want to step on these flowers. I went, oh. and the angel said, walk on. I said, 
Okay, and when I stepped, the flowers went through my legs. Never smashed them. They just kept moving. And when you walk by, they turn around. They look, they can see you. They, I mean, and the fragrance and the beauty is beyond human reasoning. I'm in this line. He said, we must take you to the city. You have an appointment. But I wanted to talk to Abraham more, you know. Because my favorite scripture in the Bible, favorite scriptures, he called it those things that be not as though they were. I wanted to talk to him about Romans 4, 17. I wanted to consider not staggering out and fully persuaded. I, I realized I just wanted to talk to him. You want to stay a million years in one place just to look. I hadn't got to the city yet. And I hadn't got to the throne. I'm still going toward that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if you've had a, a lost loved one that's died and went home to be with Jesus, it happened two years ago, they hadn't even got to the gate yet. Because a thousand years is in one day with the Lord. You equate two years, that's about a second and a half on a thousand. They still, uh, they just come out that machine going, wow, look at this place. But I got in the line with those people. And people would come up to me. And I noticed children singing. Children had little harps, look about this big. Then I heard this, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And the angel of the Lord said, come on quickly, we must go, he's coming. And I understand this scripture, suffer, not the, suffer the children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And I saw a glorious light coming. And I looked at Abraham, he said, that's him, it's Jesus. And the angel said, come on, come on. He started moving me toward this. Now, I can't tell you all the whole story, it's all on taste, but anyway. As I walked toward that, I got by that jasper wall. And that, that interested me because I studied Revelation. I wanted to see that foundation. I said, wait, stop, stop. I want, I want to see those, the names of the impossible. Hang on. And I saw Peter. It, it was, I mean, I looked at the first one and I saw Peter. And it, 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 was, it was just Peter. And the first thing I thought next would be John, but it wasn't. It said Peter, Paul, James, John on them stones, on that foundation. And the angel said, come on, come on. The Lord walked out and these children ran up to him and began to sing praises to him. And he just hugged them. But to me, he looked like a shaft of light. He was so good. His clothes looked like solid diamonds sparkling. Just, just flowing. Just beautiful. And he, these kids sang. And he just rejoiced with them. The amphitheaters all over this place. This is all in the paradise end of it. And you're going to meet Abraham. That's the first guy you're going to see. All of you that are born again. He's a nice person. I went in. And as I walked, he turned toward me. Jesus is between 5'11 and about 6'1". I said, he's taller than I thought he was. And his hair, I thought, was like mine, white. But he turned his head just a little. And I caught a glance, and his hair was light brown. But yet when he looks at you, the glory of God is emanating from him. I fell at his feet. Just fell down, man. The angel of the Lord fell down. You bite the dust. And I saw his feet. And all my life, I thought Jesus had uh, scars. But those holes in his feet were this big. I could see the light shining through it. 
I understand that his feet look like burnished brass, bronze, because the glory of God in me. Then I realized how big those nails were. You people don't realize how much he suffered. Man cannot write it down. There's no adjectives to understand what Christ went through to describe it. I fell at his feet. I'll never forget this. And I put my hand. He said, stand to your feet. And the first thing I thought of doing was confess. I said, look. That's... Yeah. He said, you're forgiven. I said, hey. And he put his hand on this shoulder. And he looked at me. He said, go tell my people I'm coming. And I thought he was going to give me a great... I said, and he, he would answer me when I thought. I said, they know that. He said, no, they don't know that. Don't tell them I'm coming. I brought you here to tell you. Go tell them I'm coming. And he had his hand on my... Do you hear me? I'm coming. Go tell them. I guess that's why I haven't rested in my life. Just, it's such an urgency and people just know something is up. He's soon to come, ladies and gentlemen. The flowers. You want to see Jesus. You want to see Abraham. You want to look at flowers. You want to see gold streets. You want to see the city with a glorious, magnificent skyline that, that's in there. You, you're doing this, trying to, but earthly eyes, that's why we need, we need this new body bad. So we can consume what God, because this natural mind can't, it just boggles at the thing. It's just amazing. He put his hand on my shoulder. I'll never forget that. Say, what does it look like? Love. He looks right through you. Glory emanating from him. You just, you want to hug him. You, you reach out. It's an automatic reaction. And he doesn't do this. He just grabs you. He can look at millions of people, and yet you're the only one he sees. He said, there's many things you shall see here and learn, but I brought you here to tell you that go tell my people I'm coming. And he turned around. He took me by the hand. He said, I want, to, I want you to meet another king. And I saw a man walking toward me. And he had reddish hair, and he had a red beard, and it was a beard about this wide, coming like this. And I knew him immediately. I just knew it. And the Lord said, I must go back to the throne. My father calls me. And he turned around, walked off, and that angel, and I looked at that man, and I said, your name is David, isn't it? He said, yes. I said, oh, king. He said, stand, don't bow. He said. You just looked at the king of kings. He said, I've been assigned to take you around. I said, listen, is there anything I can do for you? That's what I said. I said, listen, I told him, listen. And he said, you don't understand. We are servants here. We're here to serve you. What do you want, Jesse? What do you need? And I began to look at the angel, look like this. And that angel said, what are you looking for? I said, you don't have no shadow. You see that shadow? See the darkness in here? There's none of that in heaven. He looked at me and said, no, there's no shadows here. God is light in whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. There is no darkness whatsoever, none. 
It's light. I mean, that amazed me. I, I said that several times to the angel. He said, what are you looking for? I said, I just can't. He said, there's no darkness here. And David said, I'm going to take you down some streets. He took me down the street of the prophets and I met Jonah. I was interested in that. He said, and I've been instructed by the Lord to take you to your house. My place. I said, okay. But you see, I wanted to stay at the Jasper Wall. I wanted to talk more to Abraham. I wanted to talk more to Jesus. I was interested in that angel. I wanted to look at them gold streets. I wanted to smell all those flowers. I wanted to talk more to Jesus. But there's a schedule to keep. I'm, I'm, my God. And as I'm walking through there, I saw Paul the Apostle sitting down with several men around him. I knew it was Paul. He said, Jesse. He said, he knows my name. <laughs> he said, what are they saying about my gospel? He still calls it his gospel. And as I said this morning, I told him, I said, listen, I preach everything you say. <laughs> everything. If you come back, you can get me for a copyright infringement. I, I tell you what, man, the Pauline epistle is wonderful. And he smiled at me. And they were discussing the word of God, Pastor Osteen. Discussing the word of God. As David walked with me. I said, you've always been an interesting character to me. I said, I was prophesied on as a child that I would work, have a, a life similar to you. Now, I didn't say this in the tapes, but the Lord will let me reveal this to you. He said, I'll pray for you. He said, there were some things if I'd have listened to the Lord, I would have never went through. He said, so now you have my record. So follow the record God told me and you won't walk through some of the places that I walked through. I'll never forget that. I said, thank you. He took me to my house. Ladies and gentlemen, ABC prime time would get mad as a hornet if they saw my house. They'd have a conniption fit. You would not believe this place. I walked into this home. There's a water fountain in the front yard. I love manicured grass. Ain't a weed in my yard. I don't like any of that. I like the sidewalks edged. I got the street edged. Edged. I like it pretty. Golf course looking pretty. Cut. Perfect. Every year I buy Kathy shears and things to help. <laughs> To make sure. I just like a manicured place. When I, I looked at the yards, the ground, I said, look at this place. To me, the foyer of a home sets the mood of a house. When I opened that door, I went, <gasps> I love tall ceilings, 10 to 12 foot ceilings. I love crown moldings and you know, those big molders, antebellum looking stuff. I was born in the wrong century. I look and it was exact. I went, look at this place. This is it. And when I looked at the furniture, I said, hey, I got furniture like that on the earth. And David looked at me and said, I said, this is ball and cloth furniture. This is cabriolet. This is Queen Anne. Fur I love this. I like cherry wood and mahoganies and things like that. And the, he said, yes, the Lord knew you'd like it, so we put it in your home. I said, what? He said, we told you he'd give you the desires of your heart. Down to the last detail. You ought to see my place. Well, you will. You will. 
I mean, it's beautiful. I had marble. I looked at more physical things, I guess, in my home than I did anywhere else. I had a table in that foyer. God, it had golden eagles on it. I said, look at this. <laughs> Big place. He said, you like it? I said, I like it. I said, this is beautiful. Everything decorated. Everything. And I said, Lord. I said, David, it looks a lot like earth. There's a lot of things here that look like earth. And I asked the Lord later about this. And David said the same thing. He said, well, the earth is the Lord's taste. Remember, he created the earth. So what you see there, you'll see a lot of that here. There are flowers there I've never seen before in my life and fragrances I've never smelled. I've never seen reds like I've seen or greens or purples or blues, yellows. My God, I mean, when I say color, you've never seen color like this. Gold that is gold but yet transparent. Gold that looks like crystal yet it's gold. Beautiful, beautiful. Now my house was not on the street of the prophets. It was Turn, turn to the right. The prophet's homes were gorgeous and beautiful. He said, you have an appointment. I said, I'm going to the throne. And you know, when I got there, immediately I wanted to go. This place is unreal. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to miss heaven. I was more interested in the people than I would say the physical things till I got to my house. I couldn't believe, I, I, what words can I say? I said, my God. Then I realized he's a too much God. What that means by that, your cup runneth over. See, he just keep pouring. See, if your kid keeps pouring in the cup and he spills it all over, you call it waste. God keeps pouring, he calls it prosperity. So your cup runneth over. He feeds 5,000 people that are so full they can't walk, but there's 12 baskets over. So he's more than enough. See, everybody else considers it waste. He doesn't consider it waste. He calls it prosperity. He just keeps pouring. You say, it's running off. It, 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 the cup's full. It, it, it's rolling off the floor. It, 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 it's going off the table. It's going out in the front yard, and God's still pouring. Till you get to a point, you go, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. <laughs> you see, he's a God, an abundant God. And I would get weak, and I ate this fruit. It was this copper-colored-looking type of fruit. It was sweet taste. It was very juicy. I've been into it. It went down. I was embarrassed. I went. <laughs> and they said, it's all right, but it would give me strength. And plus, I hadn't eaten. I'd left my food on the table. So the Lord was helping me out. The leaves are the healing of the, the trees. The tree of life, the leaves are the healing of nation. I can understand that. They would smell those leaves. And then they'd get back in those lines. And you'd see there's some people don't live the way they should live for God. There's degrees there. Yet there's no jealousy there. Kathy always told me, you know, Jesse, when we go to heaven, I know with God, we're not married, but I wouldn't mind living with you. You know, I mean, you know, ladies and gentlemen, make this announcement. There are families there. But it's not like you think here. I mean, your wife is still your wife. Your children are still your children. So I didn't understand that. See, my mother passed away. I didn't see my mom. I knew she was there. Maybe it would have hurt me too much to see her or I wouldn't want to come back. But see, my daddy married another lady. And I knew, I said, something wrong, man. Because I know my mama. 
And I believe daddy, daddy's still living. And I believe Jesus Christ is coming in his lifetime, which is my lifetime. The Bible said the dead in Christ is going to rise first, so mama's coming out the grave. And her spirit and body are going to connect together. She's going to be on that cloud first. Then my daddy's coming. Then Esther's coming. <laughs> and I know my mama, she's going to say, who's that woman, Paul? <laughs> and I know my daddy's going to say, I ain't never saw her before in my life. <laughs> I, know. I know my daddy, boy. But you don't have to worry about that. There's no jealousy or malice or anything of that nature. I saw a family. They asked me if I would go on. As I was walking toward the throne, I met this family that died in an airplane accident. Children, family. They were going on a picnic. They said, would you like to come with us on a picnic? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that angel and David said, you have an appointment at the throne. I said, I'll see you all later then walking and the different things. I'm going through this as quick as I can. When I got to the throne of God, I couldn't stand up. I saw 24 thrones, but no one was sitting in them. And I asked that angel, I asked them 24 elders. He said, yes. I said, well, where are they? He said, Jesse, we are servants here. He said, they're in the city. They're ministering. They're ministering constantly. Servants. You are a servant. We serve you. Everybody serves. It's what you can do for you. You always say, can I help? Somebody's always trying to do something for you. The children, the babies singing. If you've had a miscarriage, if you've had an abortion, don't worry about it. You didn't lose your baby. The Lord's got that baby. You never have to worry about it. Never. Never. He holds those. I saw those little souls. At the throne of God, they look about this big. Looked like they had a little nightgown on them. And they would fly, they could fly. And they would fly into that presence of Jehovah. And I'd hear them saying, can we be a spirit? Can we be a spirit? Would you send us to the earth so we can be a spirit? We want to be a redeemed person. Can we be a spirit? So now I know how God sends these babies. They look like little, 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 little bitty things about this big. They just go out of the breath of God. The gifts, and that's how your grandbaby, that's how that baby, that's how that baby was before she became a spirit. When I got to the throne of God, I hit the ground. I couldn't stand up. The light was so bright. The angel of the Lord gave me some fruit. He said, eat this so you can withstand the glory of God. The closer you get to the throne, the weaker you become because of the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about ready to tell you, it's going to shock you. I could not. I saw Jehovah, the Father's feet. But I also, you know, I said it on the tape, I only saw his feet. But he was sitting down, and I saw his hand. I mean, this lower part, he was sitting like this in his hand. He is so powerful. I heard this. Massive amount of energy. That's the only way I can explain that. Power. If he would just barely move, a universe would annihilate Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, just, and in this map, and I'm looking like this, and I could only just like see his feet, and I saw his finger, his hand, like, you know, the lower part of his body, what I meant, like, the, he did, and these angels flying, flying the great God, Jehovah, and smoke just coming up, and just, just, and this massive sound, power like I've never experienced in my life. And these big angels, and these had wings flying in that throne saying, the great God Jehovah. And just, and I saw the hand, like he said, even though it was, 
I said it in the tape like it was his feet, but it was in his lower part. His finger did this. I want everybody to see this. His finger just did. And when he moved, an angel of God was thrown up against a wall. The angel went, bam, flying. I mean, like if Jehovah just moves without it being calculated, gone. Power. And in this massive light, I'm laying on my face, if I can, like this, literally like this, trying, and I'm getting weaker, looking like this. And out of that massive light, there's one, yet there's two. I see like another individual. They're one, yet they're two. I could say this in tongues. I don't know how to explain this in English. And out of this massive energy of light and love and power comes Jesus. He's, the, he's in the Father. The Father's in him. He's like at the right hand of God. You understand? I understand that statement. He comes out of that power. And when he came, he comes out in human form, something we can touch. There's mil- seemed like millions of people at the throne of God just bit the dust. And all of a sudden, he comes out of that light. And there he is, like I saw him, in paradise. And all my life as a minister, I thought he was a teacher. You know, a very mild-mannered, calm person. <laughs> he came out on that platform, on that throne. You could hear just the father going, just power and the people and he came out and he's not a teacher even though I know he can teach but he's a preacher and he began to shout Jesus shout he said I'm going to get your brothers I'm going to get your sisters I'm going to get your family and I'm bringing them back to this place to live with me forever and ever he's a preacher he shouts he hollers man you know what I thought of I thought, man, Shambach ain't got nothing on Jesus. He's a shout. He hollered. He was excited. People screaming and hollering. I'm laying on the floor trying to glimpse this stuff. It was the most powerful experience I ever went through. People shouting and I mean loud. And he's preaching. I mean, he, and he, he hollers. I was amazed. Because I thought he'd you know, walk around like this. No. Oh, I mean, he's excited. Now, you can't see Jehovah's face and live. At least I couldn't. But I'll explain this statement. I would see Jesus and he would stop. And I could look at him. See, because the heart of God is the Father. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Ghost. But the hand of God is the church. And I saw him. And I seen him turn around several times like this. And he'd look at and that massive light. And that's when I noticed. I couldn't. Because you see I, I'm looking down at But I could see Jesus' face. I could bear that power. But when I'd go to try to look at the fire. He would walk out and walk in. He'd go into the fire. He'd go into the fire. He'd just walk in it. Into that massive amount of energy. But he would look. And I've never seen love. I I saw that. You could sense the love of God just just pulling from Christ. And you could see Christ just giving love back and forth. It was just such a magnetism. I asked the stupidest question anyone would ever ask in heaven. 
I'm still embarrassed to say it. I'm laying on the floor. I asked that angel. I, I was very interested in the Trinity. They're three, yet they're one. And I said, where's the Holy Spirit? And I know the angel said, he's on the earth. I said, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. I felt so stupid. He's on the earth. Yeah, he's on the earth. He said, he's on the earth. Oh, yes, yes, I knew that. After I was back into my own body, I, I thought, I felt like Clouseau. Yes, I know that. You know, I felt so stupid to ask such a dumb question at the throne of God. And all of a sudden, that angel said, we must go. We walked out of that throne. It is so massive. The angels singing and shouting. Those little souls going into there and God just breathing them. And they, like little gifts to people that are wanting babies. If you had a baby that died passed away, accident, something happened. And if you would live to be a ripe old age, that baby would grow up. That's the first person you're going to see other than Abraham when you get there. That baby waiting to see you. But there'll be a grown person if it takes, a, if it takes you a long time before you go home to be with God. But if you've had a baby and they passed away and a couple, two or three years later you would pass away, you will raise that child. Those children are taught the oracles of God. I saw Oriental children, but I didn't see many, many Oriental adults. And I realized that there comes a time where you either accept Christ or reject Him. But see, God don't lose them babies. All these millions of babies that have been destroyed, the Lord's got them. He's got them. They're growing. They're being taught the oracles of God. It was a wonderful thing. As I walked out, they were shouting and praising. I heard that familiar voice, Jesse. And this is the part that gets to me. This is not, I don't know if this is on the tape back there or not. Because some things God lets me reveal. I turned around. He said, you heard what I said. Now just looking at him. He said, go tell my people I'm coming. I said, Lord, I, I do everything I know to do. And that angel was standing there and David was standing there. I said, I love you with all of my being. I, I made some mistakes in my life. He said, I don't, I don't know you did. I washed them away. I didn't know you did. You're free. I said, listen. Thank you. And I saw a tear swell up in his eye. And he said this statement to me. As we were walking. He said, now this is a strange to you maybe, but not to me. Because I was there. He said, the worst day of my life is yet to come. And he was talking with, all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is sharing with his creation. He said, you know that scripture, I said that I will wipe away all tears in heaven. I said, you know, Lord, I, I never truly understood that. You know, I mean, 
In some ways I did, in some ways I didn't. He said, that's tears of my eyes, Jesse. He said, on that great judgment day, I will have to tell the creation that I love to depart from me. Now, he's got tears in his eyes when he's saying this now. He's swelling up in tears in his eyes. Man, it's touching my heart. I want to reach out to him and comfort him. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't say this at the Believer's Man. I put my hand on the Lord. and I, I, I just kind of, I didn't know what, 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 you know, if somebody you love, you, you do that. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. He said, I dread that day. I dread it. I dread it. I said, you know, Lord, I thought everybody was going to be mean and more vicious. No, God will be tears in his eyes crying as he sends this creation whom he died for and loved. He said, Jesse, it's final. I can't change it. He said, tears flowed from my eyes the day my creation, Adam, fell. But I knew I would send myself that I had a chance to touch people. He said, but this day is coming. It's final. I can't change it. Once it's said, he said, I have to wipe the tears from my eyes. Then I realized that God needs our love. I didn't realize how much he needed me. See, I've always thought of me needing him. You know, how much he needed me. I said, I'll do anything for you. I said, that may be a rash statement. And I said, Peter said that. I said, but far as I know, I'll do anything for you. And he smiled at me. He said, I chose you. I said, he said, no one else wanted you. But I need you, boy. I need you, Jesse. I said, okay. I'll tell every soul I meet that you're coming. He said, I brought you here for this. Then he looked at David and that angel. He said, take Jesse by the way of the mountains when you take him home. He likes mountains. And he looked at me and smiled. And I'm noticing his features now. He said, I'll see you soon. He said, one day we'll never part. It'll be forever. And sooner than you think. I got back in that machine with David. And uh, with that angel. And as we were going out, I was going up again. I saw people waving at me. And I saw apartments and condominiums. And I looked and I thought. I knew I was coming out of the city into that paradise section again. I said, what are those? He said, Jesse, every desire is given. He said, every one of those people that live there have a home in the city, but some of them like a place in the country. The Lord knew it. He gave it to them. He said, there's no desire that's not met. There's no want that's not given. I didn't hear a sign of greed in this. The Lord just blessing. And there were people waving at me. And ladies and gentlemen, it seemed like 30 minutes as I went and I heard that, I call it a machine, that chariot looking, it began to accelerate. 
and I come to myself and I'm in the same position that I was at one o'clock and it's quarter after six. I'd been there five hours and 15 minutes. And the first thing I did was, God, man, they're coming to quarter seven to pick me up to go preach. So I ran, just ran into the shower, but I was befuddled. I, I said, I ain't saying nothing about this. <laughs> People think I'm crazy. So the guy that had been picking me up every night was a talker. Well, when I, he got quarter to seven, I cleaned up, shaved as quick as I could. I got in the car. He ain't said a word to me. He just looked at me. I thought, did I say something to offend him? So I didn't say nothing. Driving to the church, he just looked at me. When we got there, the service was already started. They were singing. So I walked from the back of the church up the front. As I was walking, people began to point their fingers at me. One of my tape men were there, Brother Fritz Brown. They were pointing their fingers at me. Look at Brother Justin. Then they began to look like this. I was lit up like a, I mean, like a light. I mean, I'm shining. I can't see it. I mean, I look in the mirror. I just see this Cajun face. I don't see nothing. Lit up. People going. So they start looking for, like, for television lights to see what was on my face. And when I walked to the platform, the pastor was just, he went, he just backed up. I, I was going to go sit down at the little half pew they got right there. And he just met, motioned me to come. And I just came and I said, I've been in the presence of God. And they thought I was praying. Oh, I ain't talking about praying. I'm talking physical press. And people began to fall out in the spirit of God. I didn't, pre I didn't say nothing to them that night. Not a word. I went back. My mind was tripping, boy. I said, I've been to heaven. So five days later, I said, Kathy, sit down. Won't you listen to this? And Jules and Deborah, our, uh, Kathy's uh, sister, came over. And I was about ready to tell all of them because they're on my board of directors. And Deborah interrupts me and says, you know, I had a dream the other night that I was in heaven sitting with my four children. And I realized I must have missed God because I only have three children. I have Jules Jr., I have Ryan, and I have Julie. And I looked at Deborah. I said, no, you have four. She said, no, I have three. I said, no, you have four. I said, you lost a baby, remember? She said, yeah. I said, Deborah, Jules, Kathy, grab your seat. Listen to this. And when I mentioned about those babies, Deborah busted out crying. I said, what you dreamed was true. You got four kids. That other one's waiting for you. Deborah just was so blessed and touched. I put it on tape because I didn't want it to become spectacular. And I really condensed this. There's a lot more to it. But I ask you to meet my Jesus. Since this experience, I understand fellowship. And I'll say this, and I'm going to ask you to make a decision tonight. I walked in my study to pray as I normally do. I have a habit of saying, hello, Jesus. And he says, hi, Jesse. It's a first name basis. I walked into that study and something was wrong, Pastor Osteen. I sensed it. And it wasn't with me. Everything was going great. Everything was fine. So I began to pray like I normally prayed, and the Lord began to minister to me, and I ministered to him. Finally, I said, something's wrong. Lord, something's wrong. 
and it's not with me. Then I realized. I said, Lord, somebody hurt you today? Somebody hurt you today? You're not acting like you normally act. Somebody hurt you today? The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know me, don't you? He said, my children have disobeyed me. See, we use the terminology, we grieve the Holy Spirit so loosely. You hurt him. His capacity to hurt is greater than yours. His capacity to love is greater than yours. I said, somebody hurt you today, Lord. I said, listen, I'm going to cancel all my appointments today. I'm shutting it down. And I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to rejoice and honor you and call your name Hosanna. I'm going to stay here for lack of a better word, God, to say, till you feel better. And I stood in that study, and I praised God, and I shouted, and I cried, and I loved the Lord, and I said, come here, come here. Let me hug you. Come here. And I just loved you and honored him. And it was about an hour and a half. And I heard him go, thank you. You can go back to your appointments. You bless me. I ask all you people today, have you heard him today? Did he want to talk to you today and you told him you didn't have time? Have you heard him today? You know, he's a loving God and he's, he'll forgive you. Have you ever had your feelings hurt? Can you imagine how Jesus feels when his people don't come to church? I don't get serious with this now. I don't miss church. It's a service for me. It's an appointment. I don't want to hurt him. Have you hurt him today? I ask you that. Did he ask you to give him a little time and you tell him, I don't have time right now? Why don't you love him today? Because he loves you. And if he could, he'd die again for you. He can't because the Bible said you can't crucify him twice. I made up my mind, Pastor Osteen, I don't want to hurt him no more. He's so easily hurt. So, I just obey his word. And I shun publicity. Because I know what he needs is love. I'm going to give him every bit of it I got. And when he asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. And he doesn't ask me for hard things. So I ask you to bow your heads today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and I know it's late. It's 928. If you'd like to meet my friend Jesus. Let's have the lights on. John, would you come up here? I'm going to have you take a seat. Just a few minutes here. I'm going to have 
do a little interview here. This is, this is John Tolo. Good morning. Who has been with us in the past. Uh, you may remember when Paul Anderson was with us a few years 2011. ago. 2011. And John was with us then. And he was here earlier this morning sharing with me about an experience he had. Uh, and why don't you just begin and I'll, enter, I'll ask questions as you go, but uh, why don't you just start out there. Thank you for sharing with us. Yeah, I know it's maybe not really easy either. But. I'm going to just share. Uh, so I have eight children, and uh, three of them um, are really close and special to me, and they're in heaven. And um, it's one of the most complex things I've ever experienced in my life, but also it's such a beautiful thing because God uh, provided me an opportunity to see them in heaven and to see them with Jesus. And uh, it's just uh, it's an experience that I share with my wife that's just an incredible, incredible experience. So. Yeah, my, so, my daughter's name are Isabel, Gabrielle, and uh, Grace. They're the ones that are in heaven. Yeah, I have one over there too, named Ariana. <laughs> so things, they're triplets. They're triplet girls, yeah. Two, two of them were identical twins. One was fraternal, fraternal twin. Three, three triplets, one, one fraternal twin, identical. Yeah, and things were going along well. Yeah, so then, we had um, my wife got pregnant with triplets, and that was uh, just an amazing time because it was in the very beginning of our marriage, and it really um, was a time that we, uh, both of us had gone through really difficult relationships before, and God, I got saved, and she, she had her encounter with the Lord, and God brought us together, and uh, uh, when, when she got pregnant, it was just a very exciting time for us. It was exciting for, my, for her family and for my family. It was a very bonding time, and it was a time that God really used to forge, um, even going through the pregnancy, because it's challenges when a woman gets pregnant with one child, but when she's pregnant with three, it's a little bit more challenging, but uh, it was a beautiful time for us in our relationship as we, as we went through that. And some complications started in Bill. Yeah, we, we discovered, like, um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, my wife started to just... Um, grow really rapidly her uh, she's the, the the identical twins um were sharing an umbilical cord and they kept um one was kind of taking nutrients from the other and and they were producing just huge amounts of amniotic fluid so in, in a period of like um just a little over a month she had to have um uh, three times she had tap offs and had um almost a gallon of amniotic fluid had to be taken out during that time but they came to the place of birth and they were born. Yeah, right? so they, they, they um, we got to the point where they were a little bit, they were premature, but they were, um, we went, she went into labor. And when we, we went to the hospital, we went, we went in for an appointment and they rushed us into the, uh, into the hospital from, from where we were, from the birthing, or from the, um, where the clinic was. And uh, she went into labor. And, um, and, uh, and it was, and, and we really were, um, I was, it was just complicated, and it started to get pretty scary, so. But they, they were born then? So, the, so they were born, uh, and um, in, the, in the time that as they were being born, the doctor came and told me um, that there was going to be some complications and that they were going to, um, 
that they were they, that the doctor wasn't going to take any extraordinary measures with them um, to do anything about it, and so I I didn't. Uh, so my wife kind of heard. She was kind of she was going through it, um, and she kind of heard, but and she started to just panic and just get overwhelmed, and so I went outside to it. There was a garden uh, attached to the hospital. There was a prayer garden. I went outside and I was like, um, like, God, how do I, how do I do this? I don't know how to, I don't know how to comfort my wife. I don't know how to, to do this. And I was just kind of calling out to him. And all of a sudden, like I had, it was very different from Jesse's, but I had this encounter where I just, uh, all of a sudden I was in heaven and I was in this amazing field, this beautiful field of flowers, and it's not a normal guy kind of vision. It was like a romance thing, you know, or, or butterflies and birdies and all kinds of stuff. And I'm standing there, and my three daughters are standing next to me, and they're just up to my knees, and they're kind of clinging onto my leg. And uh, at the other end of the field, I saw Jesus standing there with his arms out, and all of a sudden, my girls... The girls started giggling, and they just took just off these running. Three girls, three now, girls: Grace, it, Isabel, and Gabriella. They took off running uh, to the other end through this through this field, and um, and I'm just watching, and I can see Jesus, and he's got his arms out, and they just jumped into his arms, and and all of a sudden I heard the Father in heaven. When I got saved, my experience was I heard the Father call me His Son. Uh, I'd gone through a difficult thing, so so. Sometimes I'll hear the father talking to me, and I'm standing there, and I heard him say, John, go be the father that I've called you to be for as long as you have the girls, and then really give them back to me. And um, all of a sudden, it was like I knew what to do. I, I just knew, I knew that he was there. I knew that something was happening. And so I went up to the, ho to the uh, hospital room, and my, my wife was just in a panic, you know, and I... I just told her, I said, I, I just talked to her and I said, I, I just explained what I just saw and I prayed for her and then um, I said, I feel like God wants us to, to love our daughters while we have them and then to trust him that he's, gonna, he's got a plan out of this. And so, they, um, so I laid down uh, next to her in the bed and they brought our daughters in over a period of hours and one by one they, they, uh, they died in our arms. But it was, it was like so, it, was, it, it shifted from this thing of being despair to this thing of just this, this privilege of being able to be a part of something that God was doing. And it turned into just an incredible um, miracle for us. Um, we were, um, we, uh, a chap, during the time a chaplain came in, baptized the girls in the, in the, in the, um, in the hospital room and, and then, and then they, and then they died. And then we um, had a funeral. And my wife, at that time, my wife was just starting to experience, understand, and experience of hearing God's voice for her, and getting words of knowledge and prophetic things. And so we're having this amazing funeral. It was beautiful. And it, what what was crazy is because of the experience that my wife and I had, um, our family did not. They were just deeply grieved, and so we ended up really ministering to our family. It was kind of strange because he felt like he should be ministering to us, but this experience with the Lord was so powerful. And so um, when we were in the, in, the, in the funeral, we were out in the uh, memorial garden, and uh, all of a sudden my wife got a, a word from the Lord. She came over to me, and she said, God just told me that we're going to have twins, 
And she was just like, it just totally gave her peace. Three months later, she got pregnant and she went to the, I couldn't go with her for the first ultrasound appointment. She called me and she was just sobbing with delight because she's saying, we have twins, we have twins, we have twins. So, yeah. Um, okay, so how many years was it when you were in India? So 10 years later, so that, a couple of years after that, God called my wife into, and I into full-time ministry, and we've been in full-time ministry for about 15 years now. And uh, um, in 2013, we, I, we, we, we got an assignment to go to India to do um, a crusade with some of our, in fact, Alyssa was there and my daughter Ariana was there. Um, and uh, when we were getting ready to go, um, one of the things that our team does is when we go out on a mission trip, um, we'll have, we'll set up our base. Normally it's a training center. We'll set it up as a prayer room and we'll have people there praying day and night for us the whole time. And so when we were getting ready to go to the India trip, my wife decided she was going to take the role of running the prayer room for the whole time that we were gone. And right before I left, she came to me and she said, I got this word from the Lord for you. She said, when you get to India, he is gonna. He he wants you to. You're gonna preach about our daughters and being in heaven. And I, when she she tells me words like, I I listen very carefully because she's always like so accurate. But I just kind of went over my head and I was like, okay, that's great, you know. And I went about went about my business, getting ready for this trip. But when we um when uh when we got there, we did a three day crusade. And the third day of the crusade. I was asking God what he, wanted us to, what he wanted me to preach about, and he told me that he wanted me to preach about heaven. And, uh, and so I, I said, oh, wow, that's awesome. And so I, I uh, took, note, took some notes down, and basically this, test, this testimony I'm sharing now of seeing heaven, and we were uh, with all of these Indians, and a lot of them were come from a Hindu background where they believe in reincarnation. So I started to preach and share about heaven, and all of a sudden, I had my phone in my front pocket. I kind of made the mistake of putting it in my pocket instead of putting it somewhere else. But I'm preaching, and all of a sudden, it just started vibrating over and over again. It's going off, and I'm trying to focus. In my pocket, I'm like, what's going on? I'm trying to focus on preaching, and there's all these people watching me, and there's a translator and everything. And, uh, and, uh, and so I went, uh, after I finished preaching, I went outside and I looked at the phone and it was my wife and she had been texting me over and over again asking me, are you preaching about the girls? Are you preaching about the girls? And uh, it was like super urgent. I was wondering if it was an emergency or something, but I couldn't do anything about it until we got back to the hotel. And we got back to the hotel and we turned our hotel, the top floor was like a garden. We turned it into a prayer garden. And so we're up there, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're kind of coming off basking in this glory of seeing people have this encounter. And I called my wife, and my wife was like crying, but with just a delight. And she said, I, I, when you were preaching, uh, she didn't know what I was preaching about or what was going on. She said, I was in the prayer room, and I was praying for you guys, and all of a sudden I got caught up into heaven. And I was standing, and I was looking at our daughters, and they were standing with Jesus, and they could, I could see you preaching about them. 
And they were looking at, they were pointing, uh, they were pointing at me while I was preaching, and they were saying, look, Jesus, there's our Papa, there's our Papa. Jen was just like overwhelmed, you know, with things. So I felt like we were in heaven in, a, in some way together having this encounter. And uh, our team was just, Alyssa's crying right now, because we were, it was so glorious. And I think one of the things that I just want to share is that, I mean, I, we, we, we grieved and we went through things, but God's plan is so perfect. He's so faithful. I was even hearing when we came that the front of this building collapsed, and I can imagine when it collapsed and everybody came in, that they felt this despair and this, you know, oh no, what are we going to do? But it's beautiful now, and I think, you know, what I've realized is that the way God uses those things is perfect, so... So we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses. And I actually, I, sometimes it's amazing because I'll hear my daughter saying, run, Papa, run. Go, you know, go for the finish line. And it makes it actually hard sometimes for me to feel overwhelmed by stuff because I got witnesses up there uh, interceding, cheering, and cheering us on. So, well, Let's look to the Lord in prayer here and just as we close today. Thank you so much, John, for sharing that with us. You can stay here. But uh, Lord, we, we look to you. We've heard a lot this morning. And I guess the bottom line I'm sensing is, Lord, we love you and we want you to know that we love you. We're so thankful that you did Take those nails in your hands and feet and you suffered for us that we might live eternally and our loved ones as well. And we, we see the realities. And Lord, this morning we want to have this, we take this opportunity to surrender ourselves anew to you, anew and afresh to you, Lord. We give ourselves to you. Take this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, we do. Lord, we thank you that you forgive us. You have forgiven us. And Lord, our lives, we want them to be yours. We just yield to you. We surrender all. That we might be bearers of that message, of your message, of the gospel. And Lord, we want to live every moment for you. Lord, we receive your strength. Jesse talked about the, the fruit there, but Lord, we have your Holy Spirit, your spirit the Spirit of Christ within us. And we receive that strength for living on this earth. Lord, you know that we have lots of things going on. Our families and workplace and all that. And, uh, but we want to, we, we thank you that you help us that those things are all Second to you, you are the Lord, 
You are Lord of all. Amen. Lord, we just we pray these things in the name of Jesus. We pray them. Amen. So, uh, I forgot to do announcements earlier. We are having a meal today. Sure. We're having a meal today. I want to invite you to stay for fellowship. Um, Doug and Abby had a baby girl. <clears throat> Allie Ray Quitley, congratulations to you. And we got some other grandpas and grandmas in here too, I know. Congratulations to you as well. Um, we'll have people here to minister, to pray with you if you've never received Jesus as your Savior. This, this is your day. Um, come up here, someone will pray with you to receive him as your Savior. And, uh, you know, don't discard that nudging. Or maybe you've fallen away from him. You weren't close like you used to be. Renew that. Have that be renewed. That walk with the Lord. Baptism in the Spirit, we can pray for that. Healing in your bodies, we can pray for that. Whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus. Anything else? April 5 work? Fish. Okay, we don't know yet when the fish fry is going to be, but we're going to have a fish fry. If you catch any fish, let Danny Fisher know. Okay? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Praise God. Praise God. Altar ministers, you can come up now.